This is Jimmy Burns from Melbourne, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How you doing? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two feet for wiener. Delicious, Lavernius. Shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog. Shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Hey, welcome to the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show, talking about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We do it right here from Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm Greg Rempe. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you missed the first hour of the show or you heard a great segment interview that you really want to go back and listen to again, don't worry. The whole show's being podcasted or recorded right this very instant. So you always have the opportunity of going back. Mm-hmm. That's right. At last check, Cavs up by six or seven. That's good. Third quarter-ish. Uh, if you want to jump in, 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. My email address Still to come on the show a little bit later, Melissa Cookston from Yazoo's Delta Q, also from F's Barbecue Company, also Steak by Melissa. Lots to talk with her about, especially as it relates to the Memphis in May 2018 Barbecue World Championship, which is this weekend. Maybe you saw this. According to Fox13news.com, woman who killed husband may have served remains at a barbecue. An Indiana woman who injected her husband. Nothing funnier to a bunch of barbecue people than hearing a murder recital or murder report. With barbecue in the title, say an Indiana woman who injected, injected. Not only is Butcher's Barbecue Injections great for your briskets or pork butts, it's great for your husbands, too. <clears throat> An Indiana woman who injected her husband with a lethal dose of heroin before smothering him with a pillow may re- be responsible for nine other deaths and is suspected of serving her lovers remains to unsuspecting neighbors at a barbecue. Let me get this right. This lady injected her husband, and obviously the love is running deep. Injected her husband with a lethal dose. That means he's going to die. Lethal. Lethal dose of heroin. I can only surmise became 
agitated or impatient or didn't want to wait for that lethal dose of heroin to actually kill her husband that she must love dearly and said, hey, forget this. I'm going to take this pillow that's right next to me and smother his ass. Forget about overdosing him on purpose with this heroin. Now I got to snuff him out with this pillow. Kelly M. Cochran, 34, was sentenced to 65 years in prison last month after admitting to killing her husband, Jason Cochran. But she was already serving a life sentence for killing and dismembering another lover, Chris Regan, who vanished in 2014 in the Indy Star reported. An upcoming documentary called Dead North, set to air on May 28th and May 29th, on investigation discovery probes other possible murders that may be linked to Cochran. Cochran's family told investigators she may have killed as many as nine people and buried their bodies throughout the Midwest. Her friends and family also told investigators the stomach-churning tale of how Cochran allegedly served Reagan's remains to her neighbors at a barbecue. Uh Yikes! Iron River Police Chief Laura Friso, who investigated Regan's disappearance, said she met Cochran and her husband during the prote. I'm sorry, the probe, court documents stated. The investigator learned Cochran was having an affair with Regan. But the case went cold until Jason Cochran died in February of a suspected overdose. Later on, investigators found he was murdered by his wife. Cochran admitted she and her husband lured Regan inside their home and shot him, then dismembered his body before dumping his remains in the woods. Probably also used a chainsaw after dismembering poor Mr. Regan and used it to cut down some oak to char his or to smoke his remains for the neighbors. That's efficient thinking. Cochran said she and her husband made a pact to kill off anyone involved in their extramarital affairs. But Cochran said she was angry at her husband and killed him as revenge for murdering Regan. Court documents stated she was sentenced to life in prison in May 2017 for Regan's murder and sentenced on April 18th for murdering her husband. What kind of killing is going on here? This lady had an affair with Regan. Before the affair took place, the husband and wife had a pact that if anybody stepped outside of the marriage, they would have to go kill the person that they cheated on. I have a better idea. And as Cochran later figured out, why not just kill one or the other of you two? What if the person you're luring into this death trap didn't understand the death pact that you guys had? What if they didn't know you were married? Poor Mr. Regan. Unless you knew she was married, Mr. Regan, which then you're kind of rolling the dice, I guess. Holy moly. Now she's pissed because she obviously liked Mr. Regan more than her husband, Mr. Cochran, and said, hey, Mr. Cochran, my husband must have a heroin addiction. I'm going to shoot him up because I'm a nice wife. You know, my wife shoots me up with heroin all the time, just the right amount. That's why I'm able to keep this nice figure, 
nice and skinny with my eyes look like they're sunken in my head. It's called heroin chic. I achieve it very well. But my wife shoots me up with only the right amount of heroin. This lady said, screw it. I'm going to play like I'm the nice wife and shoot my husband up, but I'm going to give him a lethal dose, except for the fact she grew impatient while he was dying and smothered him with a pillow. (laughs) Wow, that's great. I love it. Uh, Let's see. There was something else I wanted to talk to you about. Well, I don't think I'm going to have time. But would you eat a lab burger? We just talked about it a little bit ago. Would you eat a lab burger? Synthetic meat created from animal stem cells could be on the shelves by the end of the year, claims an expert. Lab-grown meats have been hailed as a solution to climate change and ending global hunger. That is, if you believe in climate change. No one manufacturer claims synthetic burgers created using animal stem cells could be on sale sooner than we think. John Tarek, CEO of San Francisco-based Clean Meat, just, uh, wait, San Francisco-based Clean Meat firm J-U-S-T says lab-made sausages, chicken nuggets, and foie gras could be served in Asia and the U.S. before the end of 2018. And as I say at the beginning of each and every month, 2018 rapidly coming to a close. Tetrick told CNN that public perception and the sensory experience of the products remain considerable hurdles for the clean meat industry to overcome. Clean meat will be a complete Fantasy if we cannot bring the full century experience to bear, he said, including color, texture, smell, and shelf life. Communications issues and regulatory issues also present considerable challenges to clean meat firms, he said in a separate interview with The Guardian. Other companies forecast that they're still a few years away from mass-marketed lab-grown meat products. Professor Mark Post, chief scientist, officer of Mosa Meat, whose lab in the Netherlands produced the world's first cultured hamburger, told CNN regulatory approval process could delay samples being distributed to suppliers by years. But here's what we need to understand. While they're also talking about chicken patties and chicken parts and all this other stuff, there is non-meat options like the Impossible Burger and uh, the, what was the other one we were just talking about? The Impossible Burger. Hold on, let me go back up. Uh, damn it. What is it? Oh, the Beyond Burger, the Impossible Burger. That's right. These are all current options. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I did a news report that White Castle or Crystal Burger was taking on the Impossible Burger to offer in their thing. So real life, big money hamburger chains are buying into the non-meat burger option, or at least making it an offer. Michael Simons here in Cleveland, the B-Spot, offers the Impossible Burger on their menu for $1 more than his triple beef blend. I've had it. If nobody told me that it wasn't beef, I wouldn't have given it a second thought. Not saying that the calories are better, that or it's necessarily more healthy, but it's not meat. So if you don't like meat or you want to opt out of eating meat all the time, The Impossible Burger and the Beyond Burger are real-life available options for you to try right now. Try it right now. In fact, I might make a video of it. How about that? 
I also might make a video of me cooking them on my new Traeger Timberline 850. That's right, Traeger Grills. Behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill, a Traeger Grill. And the Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro no matter what your level. Thanks to the incredible wood fire taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger grills use all natural pellets as fuel, so it's literally cooking with flavor. From low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie. And by the way, if you think that's a bunch of BS, DVQ baked an apple pie on her Traeger Timberline just this past weekend. Traegers can handle it all, and the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check on your cooks, kick up the temperatures, set custom cooking cycles anytime, anywhere, all from your smartphone on the Traeger Grill app. In fact, I got to go check on my brisket right now. Find one at your local Traeger dealer or check them out online at TraegerGrills.com. Want to beef up your barbecue game? Who doesn't? Traeger shop classes are going coast to coast, bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go. Taught by professional pitmasters, you'll take home all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory in your neighborhood or on your cul-de-sac. Find a shop class right near you today. Sign up at TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. That's TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. Or again, to check out the cooker line, both the Pro and the Timberline series, TraegerGrills.com. That's TraegerGrills.com. Looking forward to cooking on my Traeger this coming weekend. Very excited. Might have the Impossible and Beyond Burger Challenge and... Uh, I might use Bubba Burgers as well. That's my favorite beef frozen burger. Why not? Let's do this thing, right? Yeah. But, Kinger, soy burgers, not the same thing. Impossible burger, way different. All right, we are back with Melissa Cookston right after this. Stick around. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, Smokin' with Smithfield committed cooks. Make sure to head to smokinwithsmithfield.com and report your first place wins to claim all of your prizes, both in the ribs and the pork categories. Smokingwithsmithfield.com. Have you registered to compete in the American Royal Pork Loin Ancillary category? Have you? Smithfield just increased the prize purse to six grand, Polly. Make sure you sign up on the American Royal website today, and don't forget to sign up for the Smithfield Classic, which will be in Richmond, Virginia on September 29th. So still a little bit to get out there, but don't get bumped out. Sign up now. To sign up, reach with uh, reach out to Jesse with Big Papa Smokers. Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E, Jesse at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's Jesse at BigPapaSmokers.com. We'll see you at the Smithfield Classic. All right, my guest in the second hour is a barbecue Hall of Famer. She is a cookbook author, restaurant owner, TV personality. Your team has won Memphis in May world title twice already, 2010-2012, five-time winner of the Hog category. This weekend, she's looking to add number six to the hog, three to the overall title, checking in with the show because she is perhaps 
the biggest single believer in the Barbecue Central show karma ever. Let's head to the Traeger Grills hotline and welcome back the pitmaster of Yazoo's Delta Q and friend of the show, Melissa Cookston. Melissa, hey. Hello. I said in the intro, Melissa, that you might be the biggest believer of the show Karma. And just to put some perspective and clarification on this, we had this segment booked one year ago to ensure that this spot would be open so you could come in, get the juju. You don't mess around when it comes to Memphis and May and making sure all the ducks are in a row to give yourself the best shot at winning, correct? That is correct. I'm just a little bit superstitious and you're my guy. (laughs) Well, I appreciate being your guy uh, and I'm, I'm glad... Pete doesn't take any offense to that as far as that's concerned. Uh, I'm your juju guy. He's the main squeeze, of course. Um, Before we look ahead to this coming weekend, Melissa, let's go ahead and take a trip down memory lane for a moment. Back to that first Memphis and May overall win ever. Is that something that you think about from time to time? Is it just packed away and it's rarely thought about? And what do you recall from that day? Not much. Um, You know, I think... All wins are a little euphoric, but that one was, I was so surprised. It was, I don't know. Um, I think everybody else was surprised too, but no one more so than myself. Um, But I'm really that person that's always looking ahead. You know, what can I do better? And I always try to be better tomorrow than I was today. So um, I always will cherish that moment, but I'm, I'm really always looking ahead. Melissa Cookson joining me here on the show. So let's go ahead and talk about the 2018 rendition of Memphis and May, which is coming up this weekend. What kind of a prep have you been doing? Has the team been doing leading up to the event this coming weekend? Well, as you know, I raised my own hogs, so it's it's been an all-year process. Um, on Monday after Memphis and May last year, um, I bought two more hogs, so... Um, I've really been focused on the feeding and, and breeding of those hogs to get my litters ready for this year. So that's really what I've I've been focused on. And, uh, of course, this week has been a crazy week. When you hmm, – I'm trying to ask the right questions here because I, I think there's very few pitmasters that are probably doing what you're doing as it relates to the to the hog process here. And I certainly don't want to get into the weeds here for the, you know, the, the rudimentary barbecue, but it's it's incredibly interesting. Can you take me back to when you decided that you wanted to get into or, or give it a try as far as making your own breed of hog that you were going to take to competition and try and win with? Absolutely. Um, in 2014, I had cooked the best hog I could cook. Um, so, you know, what do you do from there? I think you either retire or find a way to cook a better hog. Um, so, you know, I started doing some research online as to breeds of hog, and I knew that, you know, it was going to require a lot of attention, a lot of effort, and once I found the breeds um, that I wanted to mix, I started looking at diet. I talked to, um, of course, geneticists, um, used a little bit of Mississippi common sense, and uh had a plan and did not know if that plan would work. It took me until 2017 to get a litter that I would take to Memphis and May. I had one litter to choose from and didn't know until I did my practice cook the week before Memphis and May if if, um, the theory in my head would work. So I was quite pleased when I did my practice cook and I took my first litter in Memphis and May last year. 
how many hogs come in a litter? Is it a couple? Do you get 12 to choose from? I, I have no idea. Yeah, well, the breeds that, that I'm breeding um, typically have small litters. Um, I had three litters to choose from, and I had uh, 26 piglets out of those three litters. So typically we get eight, nine piglets out of a litter. Um, so, you know, it's it's small litters. So you go in, you look at all the little baby piglets and say, okay, I want this one, this one, this one, and then you take them, do you take them home with you, or do you have like a, a raising area off-site that you bring them up the way you want them and, you know, feed them and finish them and all this other stuff? If I brought them home with me, they would all have names and they would be sleeping in the bed and <laughs> I would not be able to do what I do. <laughs> uh, they're about an hour and 15 minutes away from my house. We, uh, Since we had three litters to choose from, I actually have uh, one one litter that is the exact same as last year and the other two litters were just a little bit different. I wanted to try something new this year. So uh, I did a practice run last week and I cooked two hogs, one from each of the different breed litters to see which which breed that I would be going with Mm -hmm. and uh, made a determination. And then once you make a determination what breed you're going with, then you choose the specific hogs that, that you'll be cooking for competition. Are you uh, unveiling which ones you're going to be using, or are you keeping that to the vest? I am. I'm. I'm going in with the dark horse. I'm. I chose the brand new breed. Really? Yes, sir. I remember how excited you were. It kind of blew my mind. You were talking. You were so ecstatic about like that white, creamy layer of fat that you you want to. And you're like, oh, this is exactly what we were shooting for. And you knew that you know this whole theory was was panning out the way you wanted. So. Is it like even a whiter thing of fat? Does it have nothing to do with fat? Is it like a meat thing now? What made you go yeah, with the newest round? has the exact same fat. The meat is so tender and the meat is so flavorful. It's, it's, mm. it's like a whole uh, different, I don't know. I can't explain it. it, it it's another level and it's, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like I'm a mad scientist in a lab or something. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but, um, you know, I can't wait to see what happens next. The hog that, that we practiced on was just, it blew my mind. It was, it was, it was fantastic. And, you know, and these theories in my head work, but, you know, until you cook it, you don't know. So, um, you know, I, I've got a great, a great hog if I don't mess it up. So you can, from a hog relationship you can use this practice hog that you're talking about and know that the one that you're going to be cooking this coming weekend is going to be the exact same and i guess it's a long-winded way of me saying in barbecue competition otherwise one wagyu brisket might vary quite substantially from the next wagyu brisket even if it's let's just say snake river farms for uh, you know sake of who you might be getting it from but one could be you know a little or a lot different um, from one to the next, not the same when it comes to hogs. Well, you got to realize um, I have a whole ham. Actually, I have two whole hams, two whole shoulders, and two whole loins on a hog to pull from. I'm cooking three hogs, so I'll have one for blind, and you know I can tear up all three hogs just to get a blind box if I want to. So I got a lot more meat than one brisket to pull from. When you look at sanctioning bodies right now. Um, Kansas City, Florida, you know, just to name a few, IBCA. 
the flavors that are winning seem to have remained fairly similar by and large here over the last three, four, five years. Memphis and May is certainly a different monster. It's all pork all the time. There's a lot of the same teams that are showing up. There's obviously some young guns that are going to be coming in there as well, trying it out for the first time. From that flavor profile standpoint, do you think it's more or less the same kind of a flavor profile that you might be looking for? If you get your tenderness dialed in, obviously it's always a tenderness game first, but uh, holding that being equal to everything else, are you always evolving a flavor profile or are you going to stick with what has worked for you guys in the past? I'm going to stick with, you know, what I've always done in the past. It it seems to have treated me well. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little old school. I believe in in true southern barbecue. And um, you know, my my flavor profile has always been very original because I developed it myself. I don't I don't use anybody else's um rubs and sauces. So, um it's it's unique and uh you know, it's 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 done really well for me. So, I'm going to stick to that. Melissa Cookston from Yasu's Delta Q joining me here on the show, talking about the upcoming Memphis and May competition this weekend. Uh, notching a third overall Memphis and May win this weekend, Melissa, would obviously put you in some fairly elite company, namely a Mike Mills from Apple City Barbecue, a three-time winner, a Myron Mixon from Jack's Old South, I know an old buddy of yours, a four-time winner, and then uh, Chris Lilly of Big Bob Gibson's a five-time winner. What would it mean to to get that? third overall to, to kind of get in that company? You know, I, I'm just so honored to ever be able to to walk the stage at Memphis May in any category that, you know, I just can't even wrap my head around being able to win the whole thing again. It, it, it really is a labor of love, and Memphis May is, of course, the holy grail, and you know, anytime you can have your name called there is, is such a great honor. And, you know, I, I don't get to compete in Memphis-style barbecue contests anymore. Um, you know, I'm there because I love it. And um, I, I really just can't even wrap my head about being able to win the whole thing anymore. So I'm going to go do what I do, work really hard, and pray a lot. Do you want to just win hog first and then worry about overall after that? I mean, is that kind of the, the hurdles that you go through as a team? Um, I, I just want to, I want to be able to cook as good a hog as I can cook. And really that's all I can control. Everything else is out of my control. So really I just worry about my cook and, and whatever happens after that happens. From an entertainment standpoint, if you go to Memphis in May, and I've only heard the stories and seen all the videos and stuff, but it seems like it's a place that, you know, if you're a new team or you're looking to, to kind of connect with people, you could certainly find a lot of things to distract you to, to get you off your game. Uh, you're a seasoned vet. You've won it a couple different times. You've won hog category five times. What do you do when you get down there to, I guess, A, get whatever socializing it is that you might want to do and maybe you don't want to do any and you just go in and dial in automatically? Or do you have some things because now you are who you are, your Barbecue Hall of Fame, you've been on TV, best-selling author, all that stuff, where you have to do some type of uh, a public-faced position before you can actually get into the cook? What's expected out of you this weekend? You know, not a whole lot. I, uh, Hawk takes 24 hours to cook, and then, of course, you have prep time and um, – I had my friends from Smithville coming in on Thursday. So, uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to get some rain. I'm not <laughs> supposed to say that R word. I should have said the R word. 
so um, I, I do try to visit my friends that I only get to see once a year as, as much as possible. But, you know, the park is so big and there's so many people that it, it's really hard to get to do much visiting. Uh, we try to really get in early if we can. You know, some friends will come in. Well, I've got the Australian team um, came in last week. So I got to visit with them some. But uh, really, we try to get that out of the way on Monday and Tuesday because starting Wednesday, it's, you know, really um, game time. So uh, there's not really a whole lot of socializing after that because um, Friday, really, at noon, I'm putting my hogs on. So, uh, you know, at that point, it's um, I don't really know what's going on outside my booth. <laughs> I can talk to pitmasters that do other sanctioning body style events and say, hey, when you put a brisket on or when you put your pork, but what are you looking for? What temperature are you looking at? Hog is a, is a whole different animal, not to use a bad pun, but are you just experienced at this point? You, like, you can look and see the color or you know the temp or maybe there's a certain smell or whatever. I remember the, the first time I met you in person at that original uh, Kingsford uh, Invitational you told me the night before, if you show up tomorrow and you see the door open on my cooker, you know I've had a good cook. Of course, you summarily won that invitational 50 grand, blah, blah, blah. And that door was open, by the way, when I showed up in the morning. How do you know when that hog is, is done? Do you temp it at all at this point, or you just have that knowledge and that experience behind you to know at this time it better be like this, otherwise we're going to be in a world of hurt or we're going to be in a world of good? Yeah, I mean, I'm always using thermometers. Um, I'm very OCD, so thermometers are always my friend. So uh, at night, when I call putting the hog to bed, I, I'm sticking thermometers in there. I know what temperature, the internal temperature is at all times um, from that point on. And, uh, you know, hogs hit stalls just like any other big meat. Mm -hmm. And um, when you cook your first hog, you, you panic because hog stalls last a lot longer than any other meat. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, once you get through that stall, that uh, internal temperature will rise pretty quickly. So, um, you know, I've been cooking hogs for over 20 years now. And uh, typically I know how long that stall is going to last and how long it will take us to get to the internal temperature that we want where uh, after that stall ends. So, you know, really, um, it's it's really kind of autopilot for me at this point. Um, but, you know, you never know. Sometimes you have a stubborn hog that, that just doesn't, and you have to be able to adapt and overcome those circumstances. And that's just, you know, with cooker temperature and knowing when to increase and, and back off on your cooker temperature if it's cooking too fast or cooking too slow. Um, but, you know, that all comes with experience. So if you're doing three hogs, do you stagger start times? Because if you make it into finals, then you're going to use a different hog. You're not using the same one for a blind box that you would use for like a public appearance, correct? Uh, I throw everything I have into preliminaries. Hmm. So all three you'll finish at the same time? Well, blind box and, and on site is at the same time. Oh, oh. Okay. So, Right. Um, so all three will finish at the same time. Melissa Cookson joining me here on the show. Um, I 
obviously, you know, you want to win, but are there teams that you're tracking right now that seem to be doing well in shoulder or ribs or other whole hog cooks that you always kind of keep an eye on to see how they're tracking during the course of the competition? No, I just worry about what I'm doing. I quit a long time ago worrying about the Joneses. <laughs> yeah, they can get in, uh, kind of get you off the game, right? <laughs> I don't know. I um, what I do and and the work, you know, we just have a two person team, so I don't I don't have time to pay attention over the fence. <laughs> uh, Melissa, do you mind if I keep you over for uh, another segment? We can ask you a couple off topic, non Memphis and May questions. Sure, I got a whole pot of coffee. All right. Stay with me. Hold on one second. We're talking with Melissa Cookson. Yes, who's Delta Q. And a whole pot of coffee. And we'll get back to her in just one second. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Big Pop Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, the curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. Get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Pop Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills, smokers. Big Papa's has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Now, whether you're a backyard fanatic like me or a competition pro, Big Papa Smokers has something for you, whether it's their championship rubs and seasonings like the popular flavors, sweet money, cattle prod, cash cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals to extraordinary. They also are the proud owner of the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everyone? Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. You can find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, they also offer the very best pellet charcoal and wood-fired cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, you might want to check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa's is the exclusive Mac dealer, and they even offer special packages that nobody else can offer. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers, don't worry about that. You can take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need, built like tanks. If you're not sure what grill you need, can't go wrong with anything, that is currently featured at BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook and budget. Check out their website and shop a full selection that is currently available at BigPapaSmokers.com. So here's what we know. Big Papa Smokers, the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on the website, hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. Call them toll-free at 877-828-0727 or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's Big papasmokers.com More with Melissa Cookston coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have Alexa or Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Fireboard.com. Six, right? Wow. 
All right, talking a little Memphis and Bay with the pitmaster of Yazoo's Delta Q, Melissa Cookston. Thanks for hanging with me through the break there, Melissa. Uh, so Absolutely. you're going to be showing up on site uh, Wednesday. Is that tomorrow or Thursday or when, when are you going to be on site? Tomorrow. All right. So, I mean, that's a, that's a long weekend, extended weekend, right? Oh, yeah. We loaded in last weekend. <laughs> so you're all set up. You're just actually showing up now, uh, t- tomorrow. <laughs> well, not really. We just got our tent up tonight. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> we were like the last person in the park to get our tent. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, hit some rando barbecue topics. Um, well, I, I guess before I get to that one last question, as as the week starts to progress, do you see a lot of teams stopping through Memphis Barbecue Company or, or Steak to eat and kind of say hi real quick, or do you not see a lot of teams doing that? Well, I'm at the park, but um, they give me a shout-out on Facebook, or they text me, or they call me, um, but I get a lot of support and love from my friend, Jess. Uh, you are a Barbecue Hall of Famer. And uh, somehow or another, no names please, I got my hand on a list of, I guess, what is the final nomination list. So three of these people will eventually get into the, or or will be the 2018 class for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Uh, You have Tootsie from Snows, you have Tuffy Stone, Jamie Gear, Columbus Hill, Karen Putnam, I'm sorry, Putman, Rodney Scott, C.B. Stubblefield, Helen Turner, Charlie Burgos. As you hear that name and being a Hall of Famer yourself, uh, obviously there's some type of consternation that somebody has to go through to pare down that list into just the three people. Uh, as you kind of survey that list, who sticks out to you? And obviously everybody's great. I mean, we get all that, but who cares? This is a show. We want opinions. Are there three people that stick out to you the most that should be a, a 2018 inductee? Well, I nominated one of those people. Um, so there's one. I know who it wasn't. (laughs) Me. (laughs) What do I got to do? Pay you people off or what? You don't know that I didn't nominate you. You did? You think those are all the, you think those are all the people (laughs) that were nominated? Absolutely not. Mm. Do you know how many people are nominated? Is it like a list of hundreds? Oh, I'm sure. Hmm. Interesting. I, it may be thousands. I don't know. Yeah. I don't mean I don't get a full list. I just get I just get the the list. How did you get that list? By the way, this uh, is the top secret. Melissa, uh, rule number one of the show: no names, please. Come on, you know that. But my fingers on the pulse. Okay. I think we've firmly. So what you're saying is I have okay, definitely well, we'll uh, executed. You didn't get it from me. Oh no 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 no! Of course not. No, no, no. You didn't get it from me. I didn't get it from you. No no no. I mean, who knows where I got? It's the internet, right? I mean, you can get anything okay. any way you want. So uh, you know, I look at the list. Uh, maybe this is easier to, to start this way. You know, I see Tootsie should absolutely be in. She should have been in probably 20 years ago. Um, and then then so I don't. I don't. I knew. I kind of knew Charlie, but he's like the rendezvous barbecue guy, so I, I didn't really know him originally. But I don't know uh, Columbus Hill, and I don't know Karen Putman. So, like, who are they? Can you educate me on them by chance, or are you? I've only familiar? ever met two people on that list. Okay. I oh, I know who they are too. Toffee Stone and Jamie Gear, right? Correct. Ah, I knew it. I should be in the Hall of Fame. Damn it. You are so smart. Damn it. Well, so I think Tootsie should be in for sure. Uh, I think Tuffy Stone's probably a deadlock this year um, and, and also 
a lot of people thought he should have been in previously. Boy, and then it gets really hard for me. I mean, Jamie Gear is a prolific pit maker. A lot of the top teams use his pits. He's actually a really great cook. Won Houston Livestock and Rodeo this year, so he's certainly accomplished on both ends there. Um, you know, Charlie with Rendezvous, everybody knows that. And then you got Stubbs. And that third, oh, and of course, Rodney Scott. I mean, there's probably some type of kindred spirit with you and, and the whole hog thing uh, with, with Rodney. Have you ever had his whole hog? I have not. Mm. So, like, if if I'm picking Tootsie and, and Tuffy, would you pick another name out of there that you think would, would be good? I mean, I'm certainly uh, all these people might get in at some point, but I, I assume this is kind of a debate that people have with Major League Baseball and football people. Well, you're picking those two? Yeah. Well, what if I wanted to pick those two? All right. You, well, okay. You <laughs> you pick two, and I'll pick the last one. Okay. All right. So you go ahead first. Okay. Um, am I picking those two? Well, I pick those oh, two. Oh, no. You pick whoever you want. <laughs> Okay, if, if I have to pick the last one, if you're picking those two, and I yeah. have to pick the last one, I'll yeah. pick James. You pick Jamie. But let me let me yeah. just say this. Let me pick. Let me say this about yeah. the Hall of Fame, please. The Hall of Fame, I don't think should just the Hall of Fame. Pat Burke and I were having this discussion, and mm. anybody that knows me knows the respect that I have for Pat Burke. Pat was oh. one of the first competitors that I ever witnessed in competition, and. Mm. I have spent some time with Mr. Burke, and I have the utmost respect for him. Yeah, and this is his philosophy on the Hall of Fame. It's it's not about necessarily what you have accomplished, although that is a big part of it. But it's also about the type of person that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I do agree with that. You know, it's it's about what you get back to barbecue, not necessarily monetarily, but you know, if it, if you are genuinely um, what we like to say in our industry, one of the good guys, you know, and you give back your knowledge and you give your time um, to the the newcomers to our industry, no matter no matter what um, category you fit in, and you know the depth that you have in barbecue, you know how many boxes can you check? Mm. You know, if 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 you are um, you know, in five of those boxes that we check, you know, that's important to me because, you know, some of these people may start off in, um, you know, as a TV personality or whatnot, but then they go to restaurateur and then they go to author and then they go to competitor and then, you know, and then they just, it, it, everybody knows barbecue's in your blood and, you know, they just evolve into all these different aspects. I mean, to me, that's important. Um, you know, don't just stick to one, one little thing. And, um, you know, I, I took a lot of that, um, very seriously in, in, in my business. You know, I was just from the restaurant business and, um, you know, it really to me, what kind of person, and that when I was reading the bios, you know, it was important to me. I really fished those pieces out, mm-hmm. of, you know, the person that they were. And, and and I'm glad that that was included in a lot of the bios when I voted. Melissa Cookson joining me here on the show. 
Uh, I mean, I could just go on and on about the Hall of Fame and thoughts and this and that, but no reason to bore everybody with it. So um, let's talk a little bit about the business of barbecue, and, and certainly you're doing it in a number of different ways. You have, uh, obviously, the Memphis Barbecue Company. How have you found that here over the I mean, you, you opened up, you hit gangbusters. You've, I believe you have multiple locations at this point with uh, Memphis Barbecue Company. And, uh, you know, I'm just wondering, how does the business of barbecue find you in, in 2018? Are you still as happy and as excited about it as you were when you opened? How much fun is that? I mean, I used to be proud that I cooked 2,000 pounds of barbecue a year in competition. <laughs> now I cook four tons of pork a week. Four tons? Yeah, wow. in one restaurant. Wow. I mean, I get to play with it every day, all the time. I mean, I just get to barbecue all the time. I mean, that's fun. The steak. I mean, I have, I have, I have cookers rolling twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So, I mean, that's the utopian job. And I do want to point out because I think that a lot of the restaurant tours that you know were. Uh, on the circuit quite a bit. I mean, obviously you used to compete quite a bit more than you currently do, which I'm guessing is uh, a certainly some by choice, but you have other responsibilities, namely restaurants in order to, to run and make sure that that business side is being handled and that doesn't afford you a tremendous amount of free time to get back out on the circuit or whatever. But you're, I mean, you're, you're competing every day. You're in food every day. So if somebody doesn't see you on the competition circuit anymore, shouldn't be chalked up to they're just not out there anymore so you should be discounted by any point if if anything else you shouldn't be overlooked at all because you are in it every single day cooking every single day competing every single day I'm practicing every day yeah <laughs> with four tons of pork by the way <laughs> um let's talk about the steak by Melissa and I kind of am fascinated just to give you a quick backstory. So my oldest plays uh, competitive volleyball at national level, uh, J.O. volleyball. And when it's just her and I, when we travel around, usually it's somewhere uh, Mississippi and then east. We, when it's just her and I, we travel and try and find like the high-end steakhouse in whatever city we're in at that point in the country and then review. And we always get ribeye steaks and we always get it cooked the same way. And then we go ahead and give our own reviews to each other. And it's kind of like a, a dad-daughter bonding moment. What do you try to execute in your steak restaurant? Uh, what cuts are you using? What grades are you using? You know, are you trying to to tap a certain market or a certain affluence? What's the whole setup there? Well, I came from the Mississippi Delta, and in the Delta, there are a lot of of what we term Delta steakhouses, and they are very casual, but they have very good food. Um, in the demographic that I'm in, unfortunately, um, I can't afford to serve prime beef. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just not, not feasible. So, um, we do serve, uh, a high choice grade and we serve very, very good food. It is a very casual atmosphere. I have a lot of restored wood and, um, steel in in the building so it's um it's very masculine feel but it's it's very comfortable and um you know i i put a little twist on everything on the menu 
I have um, things like calamari with uh, orange chipotle glaze and, um, you know, just, just things that, that you just don't normally get. But the steaks are grilled over a wood-fired grill, and they are seasoned very well with a grill and shake that is my recipe. And, um, you know, we give you a really good steak. And it comes with two sides, so everything's not all apart. And we give you good service in a casual atmosphere. And that's really what I wanted to emulate was that Delta-style steakhouse. So, you know, if you're out hunting and you want to come in and get you a good steak, on, you know, after lunch, before dinner, then feel free to come on in. I just read an article the other day, or I think I actually talked about it on the show last week, where there is a systematic behavior across steakhouses in the country where for whatever reason, the people that are working there that are actually cooking the steaks have decided to get away from thermometers and go by the old poke test. And what we've created now is steakhouses purposely undercooking your steak because they can always bring it up a little bit. Of course, when you overshoot, you're at a throwout situation. Nobody wants to do that, but it seems to become a practice of undercooking a steak so if you order medium rare, it's definitely going to come out rare, if not a little bit more underdone than rare, like blue or whatever the hell that is. Do you guys right. use restaurant or do you guys use thermometers and and try and, you know, my philosophy was if I'm going to order a steak and I say medium rare or medium, I want it in that 135 or, or 145 range. I can do that at my house at a restaurant. I think by and large, you should be able to execute that. Is that a similar mindset that you guys have? If my grill cooks do not have a thermometer in their hands, <laughs> they are in big trouble. Hmm. And Mama Melissa will come through and pop them in the back of the head. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are, do you find that? Like, if you go eat, I don't know if you're like you're a, a steak eater at, at restaurants otherwise, but I mean, I can almost guarantee if my wife and I decide to go out somewhere, and we rarely go out for steak, uh, otherwise, you know, it's just me and my daughter doing that fun thing for volleyball. But I can almost always count on that steak being at least one stage on the underdone side, and it's kind of frustrating. It is frustrating, and, and I agree. And, you know, I don't care how good you are, how long you've been grilling, you're going to miss it. I don't care if it, you know, mm-hmm. if it's one time out of 20, that's one time out of 20, and that's one too many. So guess what? A thermometer is right 20 times out of 20. <laughs> and that, my friend, is perfection. That's right. And I love perfection. <laughs> Melissa, from a, from a competing standpoint, I mean, do you miss getting out, you know, 15 or 20 times during the course of the year, uh, or that was just the stage and – you did obviously very well when you were doing competition stuff and you know, now it's all about the business. Uh, do a little Memphis in May here and it's fun. What's your thought on competing? Maybe not as much. You know, we, we are doing so many fun things now. Um, I'm developing recipes. We're another cookbook. We've got trips planned. I mean, how much, how much fun is that to travel the world and, and eat food and copious amounts of meat over flames. And I mean, you know, I, I feel like that was a part of my life, and and now I, I'm to a different part of my life. And this birthday will be a a big birthday, and I'm not as young as I used to be. And, and 
I don't know, pulling that trailer up and down the road just doesn't quite have the appeal that it used to. Oh, <laughs> but cooking copious yeah. amounts of meat all, all over the world does. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this coming weekend, Yazoo's Delta Q will be looking to notch the third overall Memphis May World Championship win and a sixth hog. And as I always say each and every time she comes on, uh, since she was here on a Tuesday, it's pretty much a deadlock. So, you know, you just got to show up. You and Pete got to show up, Melissa, and then collect your prizes, and away we go. If you win, we uh, we come and reconvene next Tuesday to talk about the big win. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's going to happen. I appreciate the humbleness that you're showing here to the Centralites, but, I mean, we all know it's going to happen. So it'll be great. Yeah. I'm going to do my best. You know, I'm going to do my best. No doubt. That's somebody else. I'll be, I'll be very yeah. anxious to see how that hog treats you. So, uh, good luck to you. Uh, pass my good luck to Pete and we'll see how it shakes out. Thank you. I appreciate you. You got it. There she is. Melissa Cookston. Yazoo's Delta Q. Too humble. Come on. You know it. I know it. Of course. Why would she All go ahead and call her shot? Via the Traeger no, no, no. Grills Not like that. Not like that. <clears throat> Head down. Yummy. Keep moving. I'm going to do my work. We're going to cook the best hog that we can, and we're going to see where that takes us. I mean, is anybody else incredibly fascinated with the fact that she has gone out and basically invented the Yazoo's Delta breed of, of competition hog? Damn it. That was the question I was going to ask. Crap. Is that a business that is that a business revenue stream that she's going to get into, uh, or is she doing it also? Is she developing hogs for other people or other competition teams, or is she selling her hog? Can you sell your hogs for a what you call a, a premium price? Oh, man, I can't believe it. I had that right down there in my outline to ask about that. The business of breeding hogs, not only for you but for others. Wow, I mean, people have to be asking. She's going for her sixth overall hog win. You kidding me? Let's see how it plays out this weekend in Memphis in May. She's got a great shot. She was just on the show for crying out loud, so you know the karma attaches. Booked a year in advance, by the way. Superstitious? Maybe. Smart? Yes. By the way, she said it. A thermometer is right 20 out of 20 times. Cook Shack manufacturer, smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has a unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on the World Class Barbecue Forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Morin. The FEC 100, PG 1000, always customer favorites. PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack residential electric smokers, the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 or visit the website cookshack.com. Let's wrap it up. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. Hey, the National Barbecue News dedicated to all things barbecue. Their goal to introduce new people to the barbecue world while keeping the barbecue enthusiast and professional informed on all current happenings and, and around the barbecue nation. Obtaining this goal by offering timely news stories, new product reviews, barbecue event calendars, and unique recipes inside their printed products, website, social media pages, and email newsletters. Subscribe now by visiting barbecuenews.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, barbecuenews.com. That's barbecuenews.com. Man, that's great. Barbecue News. They've been around for like 50 years. I think, uh, and I have seen... Barbecue publications come and go, but Cal Phelps and the gang out there are continuing to change with the times and making sure that their staff is offering you the great barbecue knowledge that you kind of crave and are hoping for. That website again, barbecuenews.com. So uh, thanks to Melissa Cookston again for coming on. Uh, She'll be heading to Memphis in May or will be on site tomorrow. I'm not sure exactly how long of a drive that is, maybe a couple hours or so, depending on where she's at in Memphis versus where the actual location is. Rain is being called for again. I mean, has there ever been a Memphis in May where the rain has not come in droves and the muddy waters have arisen and people are like surfing in on the mud to collect their first place awards? Wow. Well, we'll see how it turns out for her custom hog, that's for sure. Anxious to see how that works out. And by the way, if she wins, she'll be in next Tuesday, whether she knows it or not, to recap. She has the karma full go. Good luck on the hog. Good luck on the overall, Melissa and Pete. We'll see how it goes. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Stephen Reichlin. He's getting ready to start his national book tour in support of Project Fire. Tomorrow it's Miami, then he gets on a plane, and his second stop will be in Austin, Texas. So, hey, dudes from uh, Best Barbecue, make sure that you find where Stephen Reichlin is going to be and visit him and tell him I sent you. Yanni and uh, Stover. Get on that. Get a book from him. Have him sign it. Send that book to me. I will countersign it. Send it back to you. It'll be great. After Stephen Reichland, we talked with Brett Galloway from the State Cook-Off Association. Recap some events that took place in Australia over the past month and also looked ahead at some of the bigger events that will be taking place. Also, recap the World Food Championships, how you qualify, how you have to make sure that you register and pay in order to get down there when you get your spot, which can be through winning an SCA event or accumulating 20 SCA points. And then in the second hour, Melissa Cookston, yes, who's Delta Q. Memphis Barbecue Company and Steak by Melissa. Great catching up with her. She's got the mojo. And we'll see how it works out for her at Memphis and May this coming weekend. If you are going to be at Memphis and May, take a picture, send it to me. We'll get it up on the Facebook page and promote where you're at. Give you a shout out. And would love to get your emails and takes on the whole event and how it went down on your side of the stick. Until next Tuesday, we have a jam-packed show. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget... Good night now.